The following is a Mission Studios podcast. This is the missionary position, and we are... Off-color. Politically incorrect. Abrasive. Offensive. Insensitive. Obnoxious. And sometimes stuck in the fuck you mode. It's Sunday. It's November 11th. And I spent the last week looking for my tail. I'm AC. I'm Jason. On this week's episode... We jump into a conversation already in progress. We laugh at our mother issues. I go highbrow, he goes lowbrow. Stop while we're ahead. So lube up. Turn off the lights. Lay down. And get ready for bath time with Uncle AC. Oh boy, this is episode 17. Is that Eeyore or Jason on lithium? thing that's ever happened to me is the worst thing that's ever happened i'm dumbfounded okay well and and, and i don't mean in like an objective an objectively measurable way what i mean is if uh, we're comparing stories right and we're talking about well say we're going to talk about childhood or past relationships or just fucking shitty experiences in general okay the pain that means the most to me is the pain that I've felt, the pain that I've experienced. And whereas like an objective third party might be able to listen to both our stories and sort of try to like establish a score and say, okay, well, you know, what's happened to Jason is a lot worse than what happens to me. From my perspective, it's not that way. From your perspective, it probably wouldn't be that way either. Mm-hmm. I mean, from your perspective, what you've gone through, I mean, you you experienced the, the full ride. You fully understand what that experience was all about. Whereas anything that I tell you, you haven't gone through that necessarily. There's, mm-hmm. there's no way to like quantify that inside your own head and say, okay, well, yeah, that was really, really bad. In fact, worse than anything I've ever felt. Because your worst experience is your worst ex- is is the worst experience, right? And because in my head it happened to me, my experience is always going to be worse than your more is going to be worse or more impactful than yours is. You know, and this is the sort of thing that comes up all the time. Like, you know, I I, I don't want to pick on my wife because it's not about her in particular, and mm-hmm. it's not about your girlfriend in particular or anybody that we've necessarily been with in particular. Like, I'm gonna right. pussy out. Up front there, just offer that disclaimer because I like regular sex and I don't want to interfere with it. Bitch. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's one of those things that can come up, right? And it's like you you have your standard argument even. It doesn't even have to be about the worst thing that's ever happened. It could just be 10 minutes ago when, when you said such and such, that really bothered me and it, and it hurt me. Right. And, you know? That's what my wife can say to me. And I come back to her and say, well, like I only said that because you said something that really affected me. You said something that, say, made me feel shitty. And from my perspective, what she did was worse. From her perspective, what I said or did was, was worse. Right. Like, on some level there, we're both full of shit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, on some level, we're not. Right. And I'm sorry, I had a massive trigger go off on that because nobody makes you do anything, but 
No, no, I, 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 yeah. I caught that in my own head at the same time. Like when I, I said it, I, I sort of should have been doing the air quotes because none of us makes each other feel a goddamn thing. Right. I want to make sure that we're both <laughs> clear mm-hmm. on that right up front. Right. But I mean that that's sort of like just. But in the moment, we do react, and it's all good for us to say in hindsight afterwards. You know, you didn't make me feel that way. I chose to react that way. But sure. In the moment, it's a hot button. And we feel obliged to follow it. Mm-hmm. So the terminology is just just terminology, but it doesn't make your side or her side more impactful or less. Because for each of us, just like I'm used to getting in fights all the time, so I'm used to getting my ass whooped. Mm-hmm. And, and I've had my ass whooped a lot and very severely. And let's just say for for this example, I know different, but let's just say for this example, you haven't. Not as much anyways. Right. So your pain tolerance is going to be different. So if you get a paper cut, it hurts like a bitch. And it's probably one of the worst fucking pains you've ever had. Mm -hmm. But for me, I've been shot in the leg. So for me, that paper cut means nothing. So my perception of your pain is lower because of my personal experience. Yeah. It doesn't, everybody's extreme is their extreme. So you fell down the stairs and I fell down the stairs. I fractured my back and I got whiplash. You got lucky and didn't. But it doesn't mean your broken ankle from that fall is any less severe than my whiplash is because that's the intensity of your pain. Your tolerance i went through a lot of stuff on the streets that a lot of people didn't have to go through so getting kicked out of the house is a big deal for a lot of people sure whereas i've had a lot more shit happen to me than get kicked out of the house so it's all relevant on how each person's perception is but you have to understand that you're talking about somebody else's perception and you have to society in general not you society in general has to start making exceptions and understand that each person's perspective is from their own accountability. So one person falling down the stairs may be just as bad as me getting my ass kicked and my head pushed through some wrought iron bars because of the level of pain they're used to dealing with. No, and I think that that's, that's a good point. I mean, like, I think we want to go through life with the understanding that things are very much that way, where it's a case of we have to be respectful of the scale by which people measure their pain by the... the the way that they measure their experiences, right? Right. At the same time, I don't think we want to be that asshole that's constantly trying to identify with the other person. You know, like, if I come to you and say, well, I've got a fucking, like, flaming stomach tumor. And you're like, oh my god, I know what tummy ache's all about. I had, like, the worst sandwich last week. (laughs) You know, like, we don't... There's no obligation for us to truly understand each other. Right. You can validate another person's point of view without pretending to get where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Or, or taking one of your examples. You don't have to give an example to say you understand. Understanding comes from intellect, not from not necessarily from experience. Yeah, it's it, it's a, it's a tough thing, you know. Like it's especially when you know if if we end up in a situation where there's some heat behind the conversation. I mean, this. Again, I don't mean to pick on my poor wife, but oh, we do it a lot too. Yeah, but I mean, like, one of the recent conversations we had, she was, like, just, 
you know, really, really upset with me. And I was having a difficult time taking her point of view seriously because the reality was I'm, I'm listening to her talk and I'm thinking, you know what? You're I'm sorry, lady. You're fucking clueless. You're blowing the shit out of proportion because you grew up in a cushy suburban neighborhood in a cushy little life with cushy little parents. You know, you never went to bed hungry. Nobody ever raised a fucking hands to you. You don't know what it's like to struggle on any level, but you want to look me in the eye and pretend that the struggle is real for you. And from my perspective, your entire life has been a fucking joke, a cakewalk. Mm -hmm. Whereas like I've dealt with some hard shit and it's made me the way I am. So if I get a little edgy sometimes, it's because I've been fucked up my whole life since childhood. You don't have that excuse is sort of what I'm thinking. Right. But, you know, from her perspective, maybe she does. Well, but see, I think that's valid to a point because we have to take our experiences because all we really have to go are on two things. We have our experiences and our intellect. What happened? I don't know what the hell happened. I was just like sitting in the chair and the fucking thing just popped and I was going to fall out of it. <laughs> that was funny. Okay. Um, so there's in, in life, there's only two things we really have to draw from our intellect and our experience. And unfortunately, I think too many people these days rely on their experience instead of their intellect to empathize rather than criticize. Because realistically, when, when, and this, this is something I very firmly believe. When I say to, when you say to me, oh man, I had such a hard day at work. You know, I got this and I got that. And then I say to you, oh yeah, I know I had a hard day because I had to do this and that and this and that. Realistically, all I'm doing is one-upping. I agree with you, and mine is this much worse. And I agree with you, and mine is this much worse. But in that kind of a dialect, there's there's no intellect. It's just, I have to be better than you, even if it's subconscious. So, like, I don't know if I'm if I'm reading this correctly, because, I mean, I, it's not just like you've had a dialogue and I'm trying to understand it. Maybe I'm trying to, like, I guess maybe make better sense of what I've said in the conversation as well. But it seems like it's coming down to, like, a few key pitfalls that we want to avoid one is we want to avoid too much uh criticism mm -hmm. uh, or judgment of the other person's perspective right another might be we want to avoid maybe trying to empathize too much because maybe in life there are some things that we just can't understand from another person's point of view mm -hmm. and I, I think the biggest one is the the one you just mentioned, it's just like we don't need to fucking keep score. It's fucking irrelevant whose shit is worse. It only matters that okay, like you got somebody close to you coming and saying, "Hey, I got something going on." Is there something wrong with saying, you know, I'm interested? Tell me more. Mm -hmm. Yep. Too many people turn it into battles, and and that's where the intellect escapes. What, in my opinion, I think we should do is when somebody when you come to me and you say, "Hey, you know, like this happened." Obviously, there's a reason you're coming to me. You're not coming to me because you want to hear what happened to me. You're not coming to me because you want to hear my story about how I fell off the ladder in the garage because I was an idiot. <laughs> no. You're coming to me telling me about your hard day because you need to release. My job as your friend is to shut the fuck up, listen intently, use my intellect, and give you the best advice I could give you, or just shut the fuck up and be a venting board, whatever it is you need in that moment. And, and, and I think... Also, like we need to keep in mind that 
that formula that you're laying out, mm-hmm. that applies when things are calm. And it, even more importantly, I think it should apply when things are not calm. Yeah, when they're heated or, or, or excited. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, if you're, if things are calm and you were, you respond in a way that sort of fucks with me, that calm situation doesn't stay calm for long. Mm-hmm. If the situation starts off heated because we're having an argument, you start dumping this shit on me, things are going to get a lot more heated. Right. So, I mean, like, I think this is like one of those 100% of the time, just try to be aware of this shit sort of formulas. Well, I've, I've found myself, and recently, because we had somewhat of a talk like this uh, last week yeah. on the phone. And, and I guess, in a sense, I take you for granted. Because when I come to you with an issue, you listen, you offer constructive criticism, and you know me well enough that if there is something you can use to relate, to help me cope a little bit, you'll use it. If you don't, you just shut the fuck up and, and, and you offer what's needed. And I know I take that for granted because just earlier this week, pardon me, I was down at Timmy's, <laughs> down at Timmy's again, <clears throat> and I'm having a conversation with a friend. And when I say, yeah, you know, I did this and this really bothered me. Oh, yeah, I know the feeling because I did this and I got the same kind of reaction. I got this. Well, no, I'm not trying to ask for your input. I'm trying to give you, you know, what I did because I'm, I'm, I want, I want, I want a bit of assistance. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know what you want. I know what you want. I'm just giving you what I did because what I did could probably help you. Totally oblivious to the fact of what I was saying. I very clearly laid out what I wanted. And it ran right through their fucking head. It, like, there was already a hole between their eyes by getting shot. And it went right through, and nothing stuck. So, I did realize that we have a very unique relationship. But I expect that now out of everybody. I don't know how many times people have been telling me, oh yeah, and then I did this, and then I did that. And I think, why am I here? Like, I just want to get the fuck out of here. This is fucking pissing me off now. Why did I start talking to this person? I knew this last time. I thought the same fucking thing last time I talked to them. Like, they don't shut up, and why did I bring it up to them again? Oh, my God. What kind of masochist am I? I thought I was the dominant. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe next time you go into Timmy's, just, like, put a ball gag in your mouth before you walk through the door. (laughs) If you're going to be... You're going to be a fucking sub. (laughs) Just go in in the right attire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Put a collar on. Let Lynn hold on to the leash. Yeah, no. no. There's <laughs> <laughs> something we haven't done in a while is uh, we never did really come up with a name for the segment, but you know, talking about quotes that we like for a variety of reasons. And mm-hmm. I think what you were saying earlier was a good idea. Like talking about quotes that um, not necessarily inspirational quotes, but quotes that are, are meaningful to us or maybe they've inspired us or caused us to pause and think or whatever. Or even if it's just ones that we've heard before and we want to talk about yeah, one of the ones I was, I was talking to with a friend of mine the other night, actually, was, um, again, I always, I always go with the Hitchens quotes, because Christopher Hitchens, one of my favorite writers, 
But uh, he, he wrote in the New Yorker in 2006, quote, the four most overrated things in life are champagne, lobster, anal sex, and picnics, end quote. <laughs> I agree with everything except anal sex. <laughs> I, I honestly, I have to agree with all four, but without getting into like the, the, the ins and outs of anal sex. <laughs> Hopefully more in than out, but yeah. I mean, I mean, really, I mean, these are things that I think for most people, champagne, lobster, anal sex, and picnics, I mean, those represent like fairly desirable things. Mm-hmm. But they're not the end all be all. No, they're not. And I, I think that because we build them up so much in our heads going into the experience, I don't think we allow ourselves the room to like enjoy the experiences for what they actually are. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think a lot of times some people set it up too much. You know, they expect the red and white blanket with the basket and candles and wine and. Oh, you don't see is the black flies of the fucking watermelon and the bee sting in your ass. Right. Or like. The other day, Lynn and I had what we called a picnic. Mm-hmm. We went to Heritage Park with some sandwiches and some drinks, and we went, sat down, didn't have a blanket or anything, but, and we played backgammon and just chilled together. Yeah, and when you have an impromptu sort of experience like that, I mean, there's there's no buildup in your head. It's the case, let's do it, and when you're in the moment, it's like, hey, that's fucking awesome. You, you can't have that if you plan it like six weeks in advance. Right. By the time you get there, it's like, okay, well, this isn't everything I imagined it might be. Mm-hmm. It might have been good, but I fucked it up for myself. Yeah, the spontaneity was taken out. So whatever. I, I think that's sort of like if there's an inspiration to be taken from the quote, it's that, which is that essentially expectations lead to disappointments. Right. So just go with the fucking moment. Mm-hmm. You know, there are, there are times to plan them, you know, certain things in life, but for the most part, just run with it. Just go with it. Let it be. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Beatles said that. Let it be. <laughs> Fuck the Beatles. <laughs> I know you hate the Beatles. <laughs> That's why I said that. <laughs> um, one of my favorites, because I'm a real big Shakespeare fan. It is not in the stars to hold our destiny, but in ourselves. That's deep. Yeah. You know, a lot of people these days expect the world not realizing that they already have it they're expecting way too much from everybody from every other source not realizing they're developing something inside themselves and they don't even see it so it goes to waste i would like to add to that but as much as i have a massive and overinflated ego mm-hmm. my ego is not so large that i'm going to attempt to expand on the words of shakespeare i think he said it well enough for me fair enough <laughs> So you've gone fairly highbrow. <laughs> I'm going to go the opposite direction. And there's our relationship in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> now this quote from Barney Stinson. When I get sad, I stop being sad and be awesome instead. Who is that? It's a character from a show called How I Met Your Mother. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know that there's anything deep or profound about that quote, but I mean, it, it's like honestly, sometimes when I'm down in the dumps, I just think about that. Think like, why am I being blah when I could put just it be... out there again? Hmm. Put it out there again. When I get sad, I stop being sad and be awesome instead. It's that simple. Yeah. 
You just stop. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, like if you're in a slump and you're just sitting there churning over in your head all the reasons why you're in a slump, mm-hmm. you're essentially meditating on the negative. Right. That's a conscious decision. You could just as easily make a conscious decision to be awesome. You know, how you doing? Instead of like, eh, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. Just saying it, it, it's hard to say that without a smile on my face. And, and well, the old the old saying goes, fake it till you make it, right? Sure. If you say it enough, it's going to be the truth. So, you know, and that's, that's, that's another quote. If you say it enough, it's going to become the truth. If you harp on the negative, it's going to be the negative. If you harp on the positive, it's going to be the positive. That doesn't mean like, okay, I'm going to pick six winning lottery tickets tonight. Therefore, I'm going to go pick six winning lottery tickets. No. It's no, but as far as self-actualization. Like, yeah, I remember years ago, like back in my <clears throat> Christian days, <laughs> I, I went to like a, a, a men's weekend and, you know, had trouble sleeping because I used to sleeping with my at the time wife. And, you know, being in a bunk with a bunch of guys snoring, it just didn't really seem terribly exciting. So I decided <laughs> that I was just going to go and hang out in one of the common areas and, you know, if I wasn't going to sleep, may as well be awake and, you know, sit by the fireplace, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And I got to talking to one of the other guys that was there who I knew his face, but I'd never really talked to him before. And, you know, we just got to talking and the conversation got pretty deep pretty quickly. And he was talking a bit to me about like how he, he, he was having a really hard time for the longest time sexually with his wife. He just didn't find her attractive you know, and he's having trouble just getting excited about her. And he got to thinking, like, what are the reasons for this? And he realized that he was spending a lot of time looking at other women and thinking about how attractive they were. So he made a a conscious decision. I'm only going to look at my wife and I'm only going to think of things about her that I find appealing. And he said within a couple of weeks, he was, his whole perspective of her changed. He found her very attractive, sexy, you know, was able to get it up again <laughs> without having to look at porn beforehand. And, you know, it, it was sort of like a, a, a turning point in, in the relationship. And all it was was just a, a shift of perspective, a shift of focus, you know. Hmm. And our focus really does shape our reality. I don't think there's anything cosmic involved there. If you want things to be a certain way, well, fucking make them be that way. Did you have any more quotes? Yeah, I've got a whole shit done here. Awesome. So, the ever-famous Ernest Hemingway. You are fucking going there, straight to the top of the literary food chain today. <laughs> That's, well, I'm always in the top of the I feel like I'm the bouncing my ba- my ass <laughs> on the bottom of the fucking barrel here with, like, scummy quotes from TV, and you're going to fucking Hemingway and Shakespeare. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing noble in being superior to your fellow man. True nobility is being superior... To your former self. Oh, shit. Yeah. We're not competing with each other. We're competing with... With ourselves. Because we hate in others what we see in ourselves. Holy fuck. Can you imagine how much shittiness we could avoid in life if we would just focus on our... like? I, I know this is like probably tying back into a tired old theme on the show with owning your own shit, but that's right. basically it in a nutshell, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I fucking love that. Yeah. I love being highbrow. <laughs> See, the problem with this highbrow shit is there's no conversation to be had about it after the fact. Because, like, you take a literary genius. Mm-hmm. How the fuck do we expand on that? Well, there's 
so many different perspectives and with everybody feeling they can be an individual these days they're competing with everybody else. This just brings them right back center. Yeah, fair enough. Just be a better you than you were yesterday. That's right. And be a better you for yourself and for other people. It's it's actually kind of interesting that <laughs> you chose this particular that that particular quote from Hemingway which is very highbrow because the the quote that I had chosen to to go with next, I had no idea what you were about to say. Mm-hmm. It actually kind of like loosely ties together with what you're saying, but it's another one of those like TV character quotes. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you've heard a show called Parks and Recreation. I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay, so there's a character on there called Ron Swanson, who's kind of my spirit animal. And he said, Dear Frozen Yogurt... You are the celery of desserts. Be ice cream or be nothing. Zero stars. <laughs> oh my god. Hemingway's <laughs> oh, flipping in his grave right now. <laughs> but you know, it, it sort of ties into what you're saying. Is I mean, like at the end of the day, like frozen yogurt. I'm sorry, it's not fucking ice cream. It's frozen fucking garbage dessert for shit people. You know. It would I fucking be, love you frozen yogurt, dude, so fuck you. It would be fine if it was just gonna, like you said, like just be fucking frozen yogurt. Yeah. Cool. Don't Fro- be frozen yogurt as frozen yogurt is fine, but if I want fucking ice cream, don't give me frozen yogurt. Or sherbet. Yep. Give me fucking ice cream. Yeah. Yep. I mean, at the end of the day, just give me what the fuck I want. Mm-hmm. If you don't have it, be honest, tell me and I'll go Give me what I want. It. You know, that's fair. And you know what? Present yourself for who you are. Absolutely. I was just going to go there. Don't pretend you're something else. Just be who the fuck you are. If you're frozen yogurt, be the best frozen yogurt. If you're ice cream, be the best fucking ice cream. Period. And if you're garbage, be garbage. Who fucking cares? Yeah, somebody will pick you up. <laughs> no, we, we talked about that on a past episode, I'm sure. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you'd rather deal with people. Like, if, if you're a shitty person, well, fucking be shitty. Right. But don't pretend to be not shitty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you want to be not shitty, then be not shitty, for Christ's sake. (laughs) How do you be not shitty? I don't know. You'd be us. You'd be fucking awesome. This is part of the downside (laughs) of all this extra conversation that comes out of slumming it along the bottom of the barrel with these lowbrow garbage quotes, is there's plenty to discuss, Mm -hmm. but it's all nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so my next quote, Jack London. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) Well, this is a shit I read, dude. So, yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I would rather be a superb meteor, every atom of me in magnificent glow, than a sleepy and permanent planet. What? I completely zoned out. Didn't hear a word you said. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Okay. That's as real as it gets. <laughs> so we're always like talking to people about like how to be more effective communicators, all these social Pay pitfalls attention to, to people avoid. Speaking to you. you know, be respectful. Yeah. Don't be a fucking asshole. And here I just like completely like fucked you in the eyeball by ignoring what you just said. And you were looking right the fuck at me, you dick. <laughs> all right. Quit acting like my girlfriend. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She doesn't do that. Anyways. My hands aren't cold and dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. Well, they are when you touch me. Anyway. Okay, so, Jack London. <laughs> I 
I heard that way Jack London is funny. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. It is late at night in the mission studios. And it is not. It's only 12 3. PM. Yeah. <laughs> Post menstrual. Menstrual. <laughs> I'm going to shut the fuck up and let's hear what Jack London had to say. Okay. I would rather be a superb meteor and every atom of me in a magnificent glow than a sleepy and permanent planet. It's kind of like that phrase people say, you know, I'd rather go into my grave a flame and fireball than fucking casually walk in there and just drop dead. You know, their life being all exciting and fucking just boom. Okay, this time my silence isn't because I zoned out. My silence is because that is actually fucking, actually, that is deep. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it sort of giving me pause mm-hmm. to, to reflect on myself. And, you know, I like to dream about being a meteor while just being a fucking planet. Yep. That's kind of fucked up. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool, eh? Yeah, I like it. Do you have any more? I do. Okay. <clears throat> So you've brought to the table so far what you've brought uh, Shakespeare, uh-huh. um, Jack London, and Ernest Hemingway. Yep. Well, I think I finally got something to bring to the table. Homer Simpson. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. Forrest Gump. Yep. That was my next guess. Mama says that stupid is as stupid does. Yep. If you play the part, you're it. You know, and this is something like, especially like being a dad of two boys, mm-hmm. it's something that comes up fairly frequently because, and, and like having been a little boy myself and being a male still, I mean, no disrespect to the male part of the species, but this is something that comes up so fucking frequently. We do stupid fucking shit all the goddamn time, but we're not stupid people. But from from, from, the, from the outsider looking in, like I, I see it a lot more with like especially with my younger kid. It's like he does some dumb shit. Like I know he's not a dumb kid, but at the end of the day, the dumb shit you do is the dumb shit people see. They don't give a fuck what's going on between your ears. The only indication they have of what you're all about is your actions. Is your actions. actions. And if your actions are are stupid, well then, you know, on some level you're stupid. Mm-hmm. If your actions are ugly, on some level, you're ugly. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that's what I find meaningful here. It's like, ultimately, your actions are infinitely more impactful than your intentions or your thoughts or your feelings. Right. Intentions are paved are, the, are on the paved, gold paved way down the hill or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, like, don't think about it. Do about it. Yep. If you want to see it, be it. Right. Okay. So, you're, you're gonna you're gonna close us out with something else highbrow to make me fucking look stupid dirt than normal. Actually, it's it's perfect to finish it off with. Okay, but it is highbrow. So this F. is Scott this is the orgasm of the segment. Yes, it's oh F. Scott Fitzgerald. Fuck. It's okay, never- if your if your first name starts with a fucking initial, I'm sorry, you've gotten so fucking pretentious. <laughs> like I'm as hard as a rock right now. Uh huh. I know. okay ready yes give it to me never confuse a single defeat with a final defeat oh yeah oh just because you lost the battle doesn't mean you lost the war no shit 
Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people out there that have that defeatist attitude. The second somebody says something to countermine what they're thinking, oh, their arms go up and they're all out of wind now. And oh, look at me, I guess I lost. And, you know, and a lot of that comes from today's need for instant gratification. The second you're put down with today's youth, you're done. There's no second chance. You've lost. Well, holy crap, I don't know how many battles I've been in, but I've not lost the war because had I been going by popular opinion, I would have been dead 25 years ago. Well, it certainly, I don't know, was it, uh, which of the Rocky movies, was it Rocky, Rocky Balboa, the one where he's like all old and fucked up and his kid's like a grown adult? Mm-hmm. And the kid sort of has like that defeatist attitude and, right. and and Rocky has that conversation with him in the street and he's saying something about how like life's not about how hard you hit. Life's about how hard you can get hit and keep coming back up or right. keep getting back up because right. that's, how how that's how winning is done. Yeah, it's not about how many times you've hit the mat. It's about how many times you've gotten off that mat. Yeah. And yeah. like that's really the thing. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't like to always be picking on the, the younger generation for being fucking like spineless wussies who give up super easily but it's a different generation yeah i guess it just brought up differently mm-hmm. but i mean I, I think this quote by f scott fitzgerald mm-hmm. you know it's one i think we should all take to heart absolutely yeah. wants to make a per episode donation visit www.patreon.com slash missionary sort of kicking around this idea you weren't really sure how to bring it up mm-hmm. and you weren't sure if you wanted to sort of get us on another one of those tangents where it sounds like we're ripping on religion or christianity or whatever right and uh here here's a little bit of realism for for this podcast we don't always know how to set up a conversation you might have noticed that we, we go with the same handful of setups like, hey, so I was thinking or I was talking to so-and-so the other day or I read this article. Mm-hmm. Here's one where let's just let everybody fucking hear it. We don't know, like, th- there's no, like, comfortable way to, like, jump into this because the reality is we didn't do the fucking homework. We didn't do the show prep. Well, I didn't, with this, I didn't want to because I, I wanted to have, like, well, most of the time we don't anyways because we want to have the most authentic show for the people out there, right? Oh, this is super authentic. Fuck it. Like, we don't know how to set it up. Let's not set it up. Okay. So, where people choose to go with conversations is up to them. And so I'm not going to prelude it. I'm just going to say something that's always bothered me Mm -hmm. is, and I will try to elaborate, of course, because it's not going to be 100%, but I've noticed, from and my example is going to be like inside of a Christian atmosphere, Sure. Where parents are always saying, you know, if you do this, you're going to go to heaven. You're going to go to heaven. Oh, yep. Keep doing that. You're going to go to heaven. But the second they do something wrong, it's, no, you're done now. You're going to hell. You're going to hell in a handbasket. And and it doesn't only happen in religion, but that's my experience. And, and that that's the only frame of reference I have right this very second. Mm-hmm. But how can anybody come out of that kind of a situation with any clear understanding of where they want to go? Because the only thing that says is you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yeah, it's, I, I guess, 
I'm not really sure how to feed back on this one because I don't know ultimately like where, if anywhere, you're hoping to go with this. So I don't want to like derail you by going off on a mad tangent. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not. I'm not necessarily trying to go in a specific direction. Okay. Other than life consistently bombards us with if you're one way you do this, and if you're another way you do that, but neither really apply. See, for, for me, I, I, I get a little hung up on, on this thing, and it's not just because, like, having grown up in a religious background, it sort of stings a little bit hearing this nonsense. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I agree. It's not limited to, to religion, not by a long shot. Because right. I, what, what I don't like is when we, uh, you, you come, whether we've been conditioned ourselves, whether we condition our kids to do it, or whether we just meet people who have been conditioned to think in, a, in this certain way, whereas it's a case of these, um, the, the choices we make, the actions we take, which from a reasonable perspective, have a fairly short reach, have so much extra weight put behind them where it's a case of, okay, well, you know, you told a lie, you're going to hell. Right. You know, so you told a fucking lie. People lie. It happens sometimes. You know, this little lie that you told, this isn't necessarily going to define the rest of your fucking life. And let's not pretend that it's going to. I mean, if it, if it's a habit of lying, I could see how you might want to put some weight behind that. Like, this is a bad road you're on. But there's ways to adjust that without having to, like, dangle the carrot of, of heaven, eternal reward, or, you know, waving the stick of eternal damnation in hell. Like, let's just deal with, like, in-the-moment shit in the moment without pretending that it's part of some greater context when that's not necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. And it's it's... In my head, it's like it's like it's almost like nonsensical language. It really so is. It's it's like saying, "Well, there's no proof there isn't a god, therefore there is," <laughs> or "There's no proof that there is a god, therefore there isn't." You know, neither one works. Well, I mean, if you went into in, into work and your boss is like, "You're doing a fucking fantastic job," I'm going to give you a raise. You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> see That's you exactly. See you tomorrow at work. <laughs> Well, where do I work? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of things in life where you've got like these two violently opposing concepts that are supposed to simultaneously like coexist. If I'm understanding you correctly, that's really what mm-hmm. is sticking with you. You you can't have two contradicting things both be a hundred percent true a hundred percent of the time. But we're taught that <clears throat> all through our lives. In many ways, yeah, I would agree mm-hmm. with that. So how 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 can we make a conscious effort to change that shit when it's almost ingrained in society to do it? Well, that's a tough thing because I mean, like, it's hard to like create a, a positive ripple effect where you get people to like pause and consider silly things like this or any other mm-hmm. kind of silly things. When silly things become the norm people don't see them as being silly. They just see them as the norm. Right. You know, and um, I, I, I think that most people are basically, they're fairly critical thinkers with concepts that they're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. You know, if I hit you with something that you hadn't thought of before, you're going to be wary of my information. You're going to want to look into it. But if it's something you've heard a thousand times before, 
no matter how nonsensical and fucking idiotic it is, it's like, okay, well, I've heard that before. That mm-hmm. legitimizes it somehow. And that critical part of your brain gets turned off. Of course I can be good and bad at the same time. Of course heaven and hell can can both be like likely destinations for me. Mm-hmm. Yes and no. <laughs> Those make sense together. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I And it's not like it's not like a, a typical yes and no situation. You know, yes I want a cookie, but not a vanilla one. It's yes to both and no to both. Well, yeah, maybe it's... we can make this a reoccurring segment and just hit on it more later on. And, you know, definitely out there. Hit us up. Send us some more information. Give us your opinions. Tell us about your fucked up childhood. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, we've told you about ours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let us know if we can use it on the air. Yeah. Or if you want us to call you and maybe put you onto a show one time. Who knows? Yeah, something has sort of jumped into my head as we were like talking about these like concepts that like I hate it when things jump into your head because they jump right the fuck out of your mouth. <laughs> no, I just you know like everything else in life, it sparks another mother issue. Oh yeah, fair enough. Okay, go ahead, spill it. Oh, it's just a recurring theme in my childhood. It was like my mom coming to me and saying, "You know, Tony, I love you, but I don't like you." Ouch. So, first of all, fuck you, Mom. <laughs> and second of all, like, there's a good example of something that makes no goddamn sense to a reasonable person. But because I heard it so many times as a kid growing up, it actually made sense to me. Well, I could see how that's the case. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it now, I was like, holy, what the fuck were you thinking, Mom? Well, and from an outside perspective, I can totally understand that. You're my biology, therefore I have to love you. Doesn't mean I have to like the person you are. I don't know. Maybe I just look at things a little bit differently. Because yeah. like, I I don't think it's it's honest to say like, well, just because you're my bi- biological offspring that I'm contractually obligated to love you. I think some people they just don't love their kids, mm-hmm. but they're afraid to fucking admit it because as soon as you admit that you don't love your kid, that makes you as a parent a piece of shit. Right. Whereas if you can like sort of play on words a little bit and say, well, you know what. I love you because you're my son or you're my daughter, but I don't like literally anything about you. Yeah, that sucks. That's you know what I mean. I like you, you can't love something that you can't fucking stand. Right. And, and that's where I'm coming. Like, from. I can understand. Like with my boy, you know, there's I love that boy to death. He is phenomenal human being. Oh, yeah, he's fucking awesome. But there are parts about him that I don't like. No, but I mean, like I, I've I've seen this not, with you over the, the years. Entirety. You're always looking at the actions, though. You know, I love the person, mm-hmm. but the things you've done, like, I got a fucking problem with that boy. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't think it's the same thing. That's not a contradiction. No. So, you know, like, I think this is like, a, a it's inter- interesting that you bring that up because, I mean, it sort of highlights the approach that everybody should take instead of like these, like, common contradictions that we just blindly fucking gobble down. Why don't we take a step back and say, okay, look, maybe there's like a shred of logical sense to be dragged out of it in some way if you tweak the variables a little bit. You you can adjust the situation. You can adjust the thinking to make it make sense. Well, you know, in in, in the sense of like, you know, I love you, but I don't like you. Like that's horseshit. Right. I love you, but I don't like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. 
it sounds very similar, but it's actually very different in concept. Well, a, a very stringent point that I have to make here. I think that's the right word. Stringent. You can make up as many words as you like. Yeah. We own the fucking podcast. Fair enough. Okay. So a very valid point that I think has to be made up here is the reality is if you are one of those shitty parents who doesn't like your kid, you taught them or her. You raised them. You gave them their morals or lack thereof. Therefore, if there's something in them that you don't like, you fucking put it there. Where do you think that shit came from? Yeah, go stand in front of the fucking mirror and say, I hate you. Yeah, because the odds are you probably do. Thank you for listening. This is and always will be a politically incorrect version of the Missionary Position Podcast. Mission Studios, the Missionary Position Podcast, their employees, or its entertainers are in no way comparable for anyone being butthurt, slighted, or in any way offended. If you as a human being cannot accept that something may sound like a close resemblance to your situation and not be totally about you in your little remnants of an existence, that is your issue. Send your opinions, hate mail, food pics, full nudes, ideas, or questions in the form of an email to missionarypod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at missionarypod and like us on Facebook at missionarypositionpod. If you are so inclined to help this broadcast get better, or just wish to help out, our Patreon account is patreon.com slash missionarypod. 